Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Talking Sense with me, Dr. Marta. Every week I answer one of your real life questions and I offer you psychological understanding, ideas and suggestions to guide you. I like to start this podcast with a little mindful exercise just to set you up for what we're going to be talking about. And today I want you to think about setting one intention for your day. So that might sound something like, today I'm going to be kind to myself, or today I'm going to be patient with others, or even something like, today I'm going to have some fun. Have a think about what you would like your intention for today to be, and then we can begin. question is about how we respond and act when we feel judged by other parents in public. I think this is something that many parents feel and it's a great question for us to dive a little bit deeper in. Hi Dr Martha, Um, so the thing I seem to struggle with is other parents um, kind of opinions um, when trying to sort of manage my children um, in the ways with using the techniques that you've shown to us on the podcast. So, for example, um, would be my little girl who's just two um, has started to do things like sit at the top of slides um, and not want to let other children down. And the more other children kind of cue and make her feel pressured, I think it's probably come from having sort of all the siblings and they all kind of push past her. She's sort of fighting back and holding her own. I looked over only to find two other parents sort of huffing and puffing and getting quite angry at the fact that my daughter was sat at the top of the slide. Um, this instantly kind of was a huge trigger for me, made me sort of feel frustrated at them and upset and just like they obviously think I'm doing everything wrong. Um, how do I deal with those situations and those feelings of mine? I think if you're a parent and you take your child to the play park, this will ever happen to you. Either it's your child getting in the way of other kids' play, or your child can't do something they want because there's another kid getting in the way. The way I think about the park is that it's one of the best opportunities for children to develop social skills, but it can also be a massive source of conflict. And I think as adults, we have such an important role not just with our children, because of course, that's what I talk about most of the time, either on the podcast or in my community on Instagram. I talked about our role as adults around children, but we also have a role around other adults and other parents. I think this sense that we have as parents that we are judged a lot, that there is this big sense of judgment and criticism between us as parents polarizes situations. And one of the things that I, is like one of these like dreams of mine, I guess, big hopes of mine, is that as parents, we can become a more united front where what we do is treat each other with compassion and understanding rather than judgment. 
So I'm going to break this example down because I think it's really good example and it's actually something that I've witnessed. Um, and my child was one of the children waiting to go down a slide. And I think it's so important to think about how we as parents respond towards our child and the impact that has on them and how we model responses to adults around us and how that also impacts on them. So the first thing I'm gonna do is talk about from the position of the parent whose child is at the top of the slide getting in the way because that's where this question is coming from and I think that's going to just open things up and then I'm gonna come and talk about if you're the adult on the other side. So you're the adult witnessing your child not being able to go down the slide because there's a kid at the top who's refusing to go down. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about both sides because it's similar but slightly different in terms of what your responsibility is. And for me, there is a responsibility. We're adults. We have adult mature brains. We have a responsibility to model and teach children things, but also towards each other, just as humans. Like, this is really important. So I very much love this question because it's giving me an opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into these topics. So let's begin with the park. So for me, the park, I think it's probably true for lots of parents. It's like a little mini break for us, okay? There is nothing wrong if you're the kind of parent who sits on a bench because your child is a bit older and you read your phone or you have a chat with someone and your kid is running around and playing in the park, that's fine. To me, that's not neglect, that's you taking a break and it's absolutely okay, right? That's absolutely fine. If your child is really small, and by small I say three and under, you know, maybe four and under, just to be generous, you do need to stay much, much closer, okay? Not just to safeguard them, but because they're more likely to need you actively interacting or doing things with them, okay? If your child is a bit older, then what I would say is you don't have to follow them around, but you do need to make sure you get eye contact with them at all times, okay? So they have to be visible. When you put your head up, when you, you know, no longer looking on your phone or no longer talking to somebody, can you see your child? Most parks are set up in a way that you can, but I have been to a few who are, like, they are massive playgrounds. And I would miss my child if I just sat on a bench because she could be anywhere. So do be mindful about the kind of settings you take your child to and what it allows you or not allows you to do. So for me, if you want to take it as a break, taking your child to the park, make sure that what you're doing is going to a park that's small enough that you can keep an eye on them or stay around them at all times. And, you know, also if you if you want to go to a park where you're just going to have like a great time with your child, it's more of like an adventure, then go to a slightly bigger one where you're going to run around with them and do stuff with them. But it's more of a like a connecting interaction and for lots of people going to the park is also that a moment of connection with their child um, especially if your child is really physical it can be like such fun and really joyous too so it might not be a break for you it might be connection but if it is a break just be mindful of where you're taking your child because if you go to a big big park my suggestion is nope you can't just sit in a bench and just let your child run off and you can't see them that's both unsafe for your child and unsafe for others because parks are not 100% safe, okay? Like, let's just be real, they're not. So don't just be blind to where your child is going. Okay, now let's move on onto what do we do as adults when 
a child gets in the way of others' play. Let's use the example given here because I think it's a really good one and it's something that I've witnessed in the park too. So let's say you're off doing something and you look up and you see your child is at the top of the slide. Now what's going on here for your child? Get curious, okay? One, maybe this is a source of power to them, okay? Children love control. So it can feel really good to suddenly be at the top of a slide and think, hey, I've got control here over who can and cannot get past me. This feels pretty good. Another option might be they've got scared. Kids do climb up at the top of slides, really excited to go down. And then they get to the top and they sit there and they go, okay, I'm frozen. This is actually a lot higher, a lot scarier, and I can't get down, okay? That does happen to children. Even children who are really good with parks, it can happen. Another option might be that actually it's a child's way of getting attention. If they stop at the top of a slide, they get lots of eyes looking at them and they might be saying something like, hey, can you see me up here? Look what I can do. And it's not so much power, but it is about getting like attention and getting seen, right? You can't really miss the kid who is blocking the way on a slide. It's very, very hard to miss. Okay, so whatever it is for your child, if this is your child, you have a responsibility. First of all, you have a responsibility towards them because the park is one of the best opportunities to teach children social skills, okay? And it's really important that as adults, we recognize that the park is a public space. None of these things are your child's. This isn't about sharing, this is about turn-taking. Nothing is theirs forever and it's great. I think it's such a great context for kids to get to realize that they have to take turns with others, that they have to think about others before they use things, that they can't like, you know, just throw sand everywhere and throw it into other kids' faces, that there are skills that you can teach them in the play park that are actually much harder to teach anywhere else. Um, so it's really, to me, the play park is great, but also it takes a lot of effort and energy as a parent, okay? So be mindful of those days when you take them to the park, genuinely. Think, have you got the energy to do all of this? Because if you take them to the park, to me, as a, you know, as a clinical psychologist, but also as a mother, we all have a responsibility to consider all of these things. So, step one, your role is to teach your child some social skills, okay? This is really important. Step two, you also need to show your child how to respect others' feelings. And this is like, one of the basic foundations of empathy for a child to look outside of their wants and their wishes to think about how their behavior impacts on somebody else. This is huge and it's really important. And three, you also need to act as a role model. I mean, this, these are big jobs. I know these are really big jobs, but in a playground, your job is also to kind of say to other adults around you, I can care for my child with respect towards them, without shaming or punishing them, but I can teach them good skills and I can recognize when what they're doing has having an impact on other people. This is a really important message because we still live in a society that has this kind of authoritarian view on children, right? We think 
we need to control their behavior and we need to like, you know, shout at them or punish them or show other parents that we are in control. And I think one of the things I'm hearing in this question is a lot of gentleness. And I would even say a little bit of apprehension of getting it wrong with your child. Okay, so for me, as a clinical psychologist, um, that doesn't practice within a gentle parenting model or respectful or conscious or any of those labels, I practice from evidence-based. The most important thing is that you are warm and loving towards your child, but you can be firm. You can set boundaries. I'm not even saying you can. You should set boundaries. They're really, really important. We need to teach our children how to relate to others in the world. And that begins with us, okay? It always begins with us, the adult, to learn how to model to a child the things we want them to do or say. So let's have a think about what that sounds like in practice. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So in practice, let's go with step one. We're gonna teach our child a few social skills. This is simple. We're not gonna spend hours doing this. We're gonna spend seconds doing this. You go towards your child at the top of the slide and respectfully, kindly, perhaps even playfully, if you've got that in you, you go, hey, I can see you at the top of the slide. Can you see that there's a queue behind you? Look, look behind you. Yeah, there's loads of kids there. So. You can either come down now or you have to let the children go past. What are we doing here? We're saying, I see you. We're saying, look outside of yourself. Look, look at the impact of your behavior. Can you see those children? We're naming it, okay? This builds empathy. Can I see what I am doing to others? Can I make sense that this might not be the right choice? And thirdly, we're giving them a choice. Okay, you can either come down or you have to let the kids past. This is a boundary, but you can give them a sense of control with it, okay? Now, what happens if, which happens, your child just doesn't budge? They, they're just like, no, don't want to. Okay, what do you do as a parent? You might think, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Now other parents are watching me, the other kids are watching me. I'm gonna say something paradoxical, which is, this is great. This is another opportunity for you to both practice skills with your kid and model something to everyone who is watching you, okay? And you know what? I'm gonna add something to this. I think it's great that people are now watching you and not your child. 
because you're the adult. And as adults, we have these skills. Yes, we do, we do. We have a mature brain, we have years of experience, we know how to relate with others in the world. And even if you think, well, not that well, still better than a small child, okay? Your skills are still like a far cry away from what it's like to be a small child in a social situation like this. So yeah, I, I as a parent welcome people to look at me, but I try and take their gaze to me, not onto my child, because what I don't want is people to judge my child or to think bad of my child, because they're a child and they're learning. And if you as an adult show up around your kid with that intention of, I see you, you don't really know what you're doing, I'm giving you credit that I, and I'm gonna help you, get through the situation, teaching you some skills, you're doing it right, okay? So, your child doesn't budge, what do you do? You up the boundary. What does upping the boundary mean? It means that choice you gave them, that didn't work. So now, you, the adult with a mature brain and the better skills, you're gonna make the best choice for your child. And I trust you as a parent to do this, I do because you can. So that might sound like, okay, I'm gonna help you. Come on, let's get down the slide. You might hold their hand and you might give them a little nudge. It's fine, you're not gonna harm them, okay? And they get down the slide. They might protest and if they do, you manage the protest. Or that might not be who you are or what you feel safe doing or your child might be the kind of kid who holds onto the bars on, on the slide. You know, all these things may happen, so you're not gonna force them and push them and pull them. We're not gonna make a scene, okay? But you could say, okay, you're not sure that you wanna slide down, so I'm gonna help you get down. We can try later when it's less busy. And what you're gonna do is support your child to either move by the side, it might mean touching their body. Most kids' slides are not that high that you can't get to them somehow. And you might give a gap and say to other kids, it's okay, you guys go down, they're not ready, okay? And, or you can teach them, look, stand up, stand up. You can stand here on the side, let everybody else go past and you can go next. Okay, we want to teach our child skills and we wanna get our child either down the slide, off the slide, or on the edge to allow the others who are ready, who want to play, who have the right to access the slide, to go down. Now, what happens when your child is off the slide, whichever way it has happened? You talk to them. Now, you don't need to shame them or punish them, okay? You don't need to do any of those. But yes, you do need to share a little bit of a story about what happened up there. And you need to give them a boundary. And if this is something your child does when you go to the park on a more frequent basis, you're always like, oh, my child always does this at the top of the slide. Use this as a lesson for you that what you need to do is prepare your child before you go to the park to talk to them about what is and isn't okay, socially appropriate at the park and what you will do if you see them do it because children are gonna get it wrong. It takes so many practices, like repetitions, of children doing a behavior for it to sink in. So, you're not a bad parent. If what happens is that every day at the park, this is what happens, you need to take that as a little bit of a clue that your child is maybe not quite ready to go to the park at a really busy time because 
there's too many kids, they get overwhelmed, they either have this urge for control, which may be a sign of anxiety, or they get scared, which again is anxiety, or they feel ambivalent, which again, bingo, it's anxiety. The playground can be a really anxiety provoking place for kids, okay? So just be mindful of that and choose your times wisely. You can go to the park at times that are a little bit less busy and you may notice that your child finds things a lot easier. So let's go back. Your child is down the slide. You're not gonna shame them or punish them. Okay, so what do you do instead? You tell them a story. So it might sound like, hey, you sat at the top of the slide and you didn't come down. I wonder if maybe you were scared or were you trying to play a game? Ask them. If you think it's about control and power, I wouldn't call it control and power. Kids don't get that. But you could say, were you playing a little bit of a game? You know, were you trying to see if you could stop the, the other kids from coming down? You wanna be curious, okay? It's okay to do this with a child. It's actually really important. You're gonna get a sense of who they are. And then you share the story of what the park is about. So it might sound something like, you know, the playground, it's a public space. That means it's for everyone. So no one can get in the way of the slide. All the kids are allowed to go down it. You can sit at the top for a little bit before you come down and feel ready, but you can't sit at the top and have a big queue of other kids who wanna come down because that's not kind and it's not fair. Now, you've shared a little story of what your expectation is of their behavior and why that might be, your child is likely to be looking at the floor or looking like they're not listening to you, but they will be listening to you. And finally, what you really wanna do is set them a boundary. So a boundary might sound like, you can go off and play now. I'm gonna stay really close by. And if I see you sitting at the top of the slide again and blocking the way of other kids, then I'm gonna know that it's time to go home. This is not a warning. This is not a threat. Why? Because you're not gonna remind your child as they go up the slide, hey, don't sit at the top. No, no reminders, no warnings. If your child does it again, you do the same steps again. You go and see them, you tell them they have to come down, you give them options, you help them, you get them off the slide and you say, okay, so you did that again, so now we're going home. That is it. You don't have to give a threat, you don't have to punish, you don't have to shout, but you do need to follow through with your boundary. Now my last point, as the parent whose child blocks the way on a slide, and of course it doesn't have to be a slide, it could be a swing, it could be that spinny toys that they have, it could be anything, the little trampolines, anything. If you see that your child is blocking the way, these are the same strategies that you can use. And if what you witness is other adults huffing and puffing around you, I want you to acknowledge them. Because these are fellow humans, fellow parents. In some ways, you know, I think of other mums and dads as colleagues. I don't know them, but we're all going through this parenting journey and it's different for every single one of us, but there is so much that unites us and brings us together. And I think one of those things is the idea of judgment. And what I know as a mother, is that I don't tend to judge other parents. I do tend to look at them and think, I've been there. I know how that feels. So if what you're feeling is judged because of huffing and puffing, I want you to like reframe that as, 
yeah, these parents' kids are having a bit of a tough time. And what these parents are doing is mirroring their children's experience. Their children are probably the ones in that queue on the slide going, mom, I can't get down. And you know what, as a parent, that's exhausting too, okay? So we need to acknowledge each other. It's called empathy, okay? Empathize. What does that sound like? Sounds like, I'm sorry. You can mouth it, or even more powerfully, you can say it so that your child also hears that when they do something that is socially inappropriate or, you know, misplaced socially in a situation like this, there needs to be some repair. And what you may witness in other parents is not confrontation. Because when we get vulnerable and we apologize, what we tend to get is understanding. Other parents are more likely to smile at you and say, that's okay, because they get it. And actually, their huffing and puffing was never about you. It's about their child getting stuck in the playground and then thinking, oh, I came here to have a break and now I have to deal with this. But guess what? As the responsible parent of your child, you just stopped them having to deal with something and they're now really grateful to you. Now, to the parent whose children are queuing behind the kid at the top of the slide. You have a job too, okay? There is something so much better that you can be doing rather than huffing and puffing. And if you're the parent who huffs and puffs, I also wanna say, hey, you're human. It's gonna happen sometimes. But I want you to know that you also have a responsibility both towards your child and other parents. We, I really want us as parents to work towards less judging of each other, more compassion and understanding and thinking about how we support each other with children. Okay, so let's have a think. What can you do? Because the huff and the puff also teaches no one nothing, okay? So you can model respect. What does that sound like? First, your focus always needs to be your child, not the child of another. Your job is not to tell off another child, but your job might be to go to your child and talk to them. You can use this as an opportunity to teach social skills. So it might sound like, hey, are you okay? Oh yeah, that kid is in the way, so you can't get down. Why don't you say to them, hey, can I get by please? Right, you're modeling language. You're saying to your child, ask them if you can get down. You're doing it kindly, respectfully. Modeling means show your child what you want them to say. The child at the top of the slide will have also heard you, by the way, but that's okay. You're not saying anything rude. Now, if nothing happens, your child's like, no, which is what my child does. She does not want to do it. She doesn't want to ask another kid. Although that is the right appropriate skill that we need to teach in a playground. Can I have a go? Can I have, you know, it, can it be my turn after you? That's appropriate. That's how social skills get built, through practice and witnessing this. But if nothing happens, do talk to the child at the top. We're not telling them off. That is not your child. And you know me, I'm not gonna ask you to tell off children anyway, not in that way. But I do want you to show curiosity and offer support. Sometimes children are asking for help at the top of the slide, but if their parent is interacting with another adult or being with another child, most parents have multiple kids running around in the park, you need to be understanding, okay? And kind of compassionate towards this. So what does it sound like? It sounds like, hey, are you okay? You've been sat there for such a long time. Did you see that there's a queue behind you? 
Do you want me to help you get down? No, you don't want to get down? Okay, can, can my kid come? Can, can my kid get down? Because they really want to go down the slide. Now, no other parent, if they hear you say this, in their right mind, can possibly think that you're doing something wrong. You're not telling off a child. You're trying to support them and you're also giving them an option, okay? And if a parent does, for any reason, run to you and start trying to have a conflict, so that might sound like, hey, don't talk to my child, whatever, it happens. I'm sure none of you listening to this are that parent, but of course it can happen. Anything can happen. All you have to do is de-escalate the conflict. And that just sounds simply like, I'm really sorry, I was trying to help. And then you do not engage in a conversation, okay? You move towards your child. They might scream at you if that's, you know, if they're fully dysregulated as a parent, you just let it go. You go to your child and you help them get off the slide, okay? Which might mean coming down the steps. Now, this is really important because as parents and adults, we're always role modeling something to either our children or the other humans around us, our other parent colleagues, if you will. We're all in this together. And I think we all have a duty towards our children and each other to show what social skills are about. For me, they're about respect. They're about empathy. They're about setting clear boundaries, offering children appropriate levels of control. And we don't need to use shame or punishment or, you know, rudeness towards children or each other. And we're coming to an end for today. I hope that was useful to you. Thank you so much for joining me on another Talking Sense podcast. I like to end every week on a little mantra to hold you for the rest of the week. And given what we've talked about, I want to give you a mantra that says, my child is simply a child. When we remember that, it can help us remain the adults in the relationship. If you wanna hear more from me and get further ideas across the week, come and join me in my community on Instagram. It's Dr. Marta Psychologist. You can also sign up to my newsletter, which will be sent out very soon, full of useful info and happy content on my website, drmartapsychologist.com. Scroll to the bottom of the homepage and plug in your email. Until next time, I hope you have a good week. Take care of you. See you soon. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.